for the introduction. A very special good afternoon to my PS, Foster Allen. I thank you so much for going a little bit over time because I was madly tearing, racing down uh, Marcus Garvey Drive to get here on time. Having waited at the office and then the well, internet sure. went there <laughs> and then I'm, I said, well, if the internet's not working there, then I have to come home. So I'm really very happy that you went over time. In fact, I was shocked when I heard that you only had five minutes left because I was just walking through the door when you had only five minutes left. So I'm, I'm saying, well, I hope they, had a, they have a number of questions to ask them in the five minutes or more so that I'll have at least a little time to put myself, my paraphernalia together. So I want to acknowledge um, Reverend Everton Jackson I'm not even sure in what capacity I'm acknowledging him because he wears so many hats, locally, regionally, and internationally. So I simply just leave it as my friend. And um, Santana Morrison, Santana Morris, who is the executive director for the Jamaica Intensive Reading Clinic. And thank you. I, I, I really this afternoon to uh, share a bit on managing exposure to inappropriate online content for children. And um, I make, made the assumption that the majority of the persons um, participating in this space would be parents and others teachers. And on the basis of that assumption, I tried to make my presentation as simple as possible. And before I go any further, I would like to also acknowledge uh, Mr. Tyrone Anderson in the Ministry of Education for the latter part of the presentation in terms of blocking content. So when you get there, that part is not necessarily 
because I'm adept at blocking content, but because I was um, given a crash course in how that is supposed to be done. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start by sharing something that happened to me a couple years ago. P.S. Foster Allen were in the ministry at the time. And um, thank God it wasn't the CUG um, that had that kind of accident. But I had a very, I had a smartphone which seemingly was much smarter than I. And I received one of those messages which asked me to click on a link so that I could upgrade the app on my phone. And of course I did that and the rest was a nightmare. I could not get rid of the pornography that keeps popping up almost every second on the phone, embarrassingly so. Uh, some, of, <laughs> some of those sites I did not even know they, know they existed when I was a teenager and I'm perhaps curious about blue movies. Don't know why they were called blue movies in the first place. But I mean, they were shocking. They would make um, even the very devil blush. And the more I deleted, the more they kept popping up. And so to get rid of them, I really just couldn't get rid of them. I just didn't know how to get rid of them. I tried everything. My son was also a techie. He tried everything and we just couldn't get rid of them. I had to take the phone to Ruth Ben Road where there's a phone shop and I heard that they were very good. I paid for them to fix the phone and, and to repair the phone. The phone. But I, I left it there and never went back. I never went back for the phone, so I don't know what happened to it. I simply just could not deal with those images. And although I got rid of the phone, the very smartphone, it took me a long, a very long time to get rid of those images from my mind. Now, can you imagine if that were the smartphone of a young child or even a child in the team, right? how shocking that would be for that child or perhaps how mesmerizing depending on the kind of background that would have shaped the um and the experiences that would have shaped that child's thinking so i want to um, use that story to say that the internet offers young people amazing opportunities to connect and learn and play with other children all over the world but it can also expose us to all kinds of atrocities, um, to content that is both age inappropriate and culturally inappropriate and simply just unsuitable for them to even um, smell. Every time your child logs on, they're at risk of being exposed to inappropriate content, be it from a chat room, social networking app, or even while gaming online. The issues of curiosity and exploration are the same for every generation. We, are, we do have inquiring minds, and sometimes I feel that Jamaicans have a more inquisitive mind than anybody else. But we all have inquiring minds, but the internet means there is far more information, which is far more accessible than when Pierce and I and Reverend Jackson were growing up. And parents may once have a look at a rude word in a dictionary and um, 
children today don't need the dictionary, dictionary to look up a rude word, or a, a word with a double meaning. Uh, they simply Google. And trust me, anything you can think about, it is somewhere there on the web. And so rather than looking up pictures of nude bodies in a biology textbook, as we used to do, children can now access pornography very quickly online. So let me start by after that introduction by answering the first question. What is inappropriate content? Okay. Uh, when we um, talk about inappropriate content, we are referring to pornographic material or content depicting nudity, 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 content containing swearing, inappropriate or offensive language, content promoting alcohol and drugs, sites that can incite or encourage inappropriate or harmful behavior such as vandalism, terrorism, racism, even eating disorders and suicide. We are also talking about pictures, videos, or games which contain or promote violence or cruelty to other persons or animals. And some persons would also include gambling and dating sites into the mix. And then others would also include unmoderated chat rooms. Those would be rooms where there's no one in there um, monitoring the conversation and the language which is shared. And those of us who are part of discussion fora on Facebook would have a pretty good idea of what I'm talking about. We are very, we handle language carelessly, extremely carelessly on Facebook. I call it hide and speak. And sometimes it's very shocking how we style each other there. And even persons in authority, when I was growing up, it didn't matter who sat in the chair of prime minister, the most honorable and all the other accolades would be given when we refer to them. Now, um, I am really shamed, repelled and disgusted by some of the descriptors I see um, for present and past prime ministers of Jamaica. It's an indication of how we have become corrupted by some of these um, social platforms. And if our children are there too, most of those um, discussion fora would be public and so they too can access um, such fora. And most of these disturbing websites, they are not illegal, which means that they will remain online. And it really is up to the parent or the teacher in the classroom to manage children's exposure to them. Content on the internet is not sorted into age or appropriate areas. And without supervision and guidance, a child can either unintentionally or purposely find content that is sexually explicit, extremely violent, or inappropriate in the other ways um, that, I, that I had already pointed out. We know that exposure 
to this kind of content can be psychologically damaging to children. I quite think that the ones I encountered on that smartphone might have damaged me a bit psychologically. Because like I said, it took that long time for me to get all of those images out of my mind. Just as you would ensure that the books your children read are age appropriate and the TV shows that they watch are suitably rated PG, you should also monitor and ensure that what your child is doing on his or her laptop, smartphone, tablet, tablet, and all the other such devices. You should also watch what they are doing and monitor what they are doing there and the digital spaces to which they go. Have I heard the song, Where Do Your Children Play? Well, they are playing on the World Wide Web now and you need to know where they are when they get there. No good parent or teacher feels safe allowing your child to wander aimlessly through a large community alone, especially in the middle of the night. And somebody says that the internet is like a large city full of good and bad and a place that a child needs to be guided through. It's like Gotham City. My metaphor for it is that the internet is art imitating life with all its pleasures, possibilities, and the potholes. And the potholes always come, come at the end of the pleasure. Parents, therefore, need to guide their children um, through the, the, this space called the World Wide Web in the same way you are responsible for guiding and supporting your children through life. Therefore, the second question that I'd like, I, I would like to answer is what online activities can increase the possibility and probability that your child will see inappropriate content. And um, I'd like to suggest that allowing them to join social networks before they reach a certain age may be very dangerous. Some parents think, oh, it's harmless. It will help them to pass time. There's a lot they can learn on it at such tender age. It is true. There's a lot they can learn at such a tender age, but things that you would not want them to learn. So perhaps we are to think carefully at about what age we allow our children to um, obtain a Facebook account, a Twitter account, uh, an Instagram account, and there's another one, Snapchat account. Playing games and using apps which are not age appropriate is one of the ways for them to um, stumble on inappropriate content. Watching live streams, which may show inappropriate content. So um, live streams are exactly what they are, live streams, and you don't know what will pop up during the streaming. So um, I'd suggest that if they have to watch those, you watch along with them. And sometimes it's best to get a context and a background of the organization or agency, or even the person who would be um, 
doing that line, live stream. Allowing them to do research without monitoring the sites they go, and especially now that we have been catapulted in this COVID environment where we have to be adopting a blended approach to learning. And so more now than ever, they are allowed to do quite a bit of work using the internet and using um, LMS platforms, learning management systems like um, Google Classroom, Edmodo and those. They are extreme experts. They are migrants of, 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 of the technology and they can simply move from a, a perfectly harmless search site um, site to one that is harmful in just a split second. So we know that they are getting research, they, they are expected to do um, tasks online and so on, but we have to ensure as parents that we are conversant with where they are going and at least be able to manage that, to see that they don't move off the safe side into one that is questionable. I am sure Pierce Foster Allen would have told you or shared some of the, 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 the issues we had when after March 20, we transitioned into the blended approach. And by we, I mean the Ministry of Education, Youth and Information. And um, some of this, the students simply came on bullying others, teasing parents. And trust me, some of them went as far as during the appearance in, in very compromising and questionable so, um, um, positions and actually post them on social media. So they can be up to their mischief when they are asked to do a piece of research. And instead of just researching what the, the topics the teacher asks them to research, they do other things. So that we must monitor very well giving them the smart devices without restricting access and without any kind of monitoring controls is like somebody would say putting butter in a post mouth and don't expect that he's going to i heard a, a stronger metaphor for a politician but i i think i'm just going to leave that one alone it would have been a an inappropriate content here but it's like putting butter into post mouth. If you're going to give them the smart device without putting any kind of controls and without having some kind of discussion in terms of responsible use of those devices. Do I know if my child is being exposed to inappropriate content? There really is no one sure way of knowing. Some persons suggest that you can um, check the browsing history, especially if it's a PC that is shared in the home, or if you get access to their smartphone, they're smarter than you, so they put a password on it that you can't break. You can check the smart TVs at home and check the browsing history um, to see where they are going. Um, I hope he's not listening, but even now my son is an adult. I sometimes slip into his room and check his, his computer and, and, and check the sites to which he goes. Out of a sheer force of habit, 
because I was doing that since he, he was a, a, a child and a teen. And um, you know how parents are, some things we should stop when our children become adults, we continue. I'll make up to him. If he ever finds out, I'll make it up to him. So, so there's really, um, unless you have access to their devices, there really isn't much you can do, but you can manage the time that they spend on those devices. And you can also watch their attitude and behavior. If after a while you realize that nothing else matters, they don't seem to get hungry, um, they're not keeping their rooms clean, and as soon as they get home, all they want to do is to get on one of those devices, then you know that you need to manage um, the, on the time they spend on those devices more carefully. And sometimes too, they will dare you by just leaving the device and you can see their conversation with their peers, but it don't mean a thing to you because you don't understand the language. So what I had started doing, and um, even now I do it because I like to speak to young people in their language. So what I started doing was to learn the language of the young people. And I would, I would suggest to parents that you, you try to do that too, because they're adventurous and they're daring and they put the phone down and you can look at it and you won't understand a thing they're saying to their friend. And sometimes you really would want to know what is it that they're talking about. So the long and short of it is there's really no surefire way of preventing exposure to inappropriate content. It's a risk that has to be managed. It's not a risk that can be avoided. It has to be managed. And, um, in managing that, you try as best as possible uh, to mitigate the risks rather than avoid them. And so I am quickly moving on to some things that I think parents and teachers can do in, term, in, in, in order to monitor and manage their children's exposure to inappropriate content. And that is mitigating the risk, and I've tried to confine this into three or four C's in keeping with our pet. And um, the first one is you have to ensure effective and efficient communication in order to build the kind of relationship with your children so that they will be open to you, that they can trust you in, uh, into telling you things. And, 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 and in opening up to you, you are better able to guide them and to help them to discern what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. This is something that parents don't seem to do very well, especially when it comes to treating with some sensitive issues. As advanced as we are now, parents still not talking to children about some of the realities of life. They hope that they'll find it on the web or the teachers will manage that part of things for them. But one of the best ways to earn your children's trust is open and honest communication. It's meant any relationship except a political one. So 
talk early with your children. As soon as they can um, talk, you're starting to talk with them so that you can build that kind of relationship. Talk regularly with them. Don't be too busy. It's, it, it is better if they tell you you talk too much rather than they tell you you don't have time for them. Spend time and talk about issues with them. And part of the talking is also listening. Uh, sometimes we, we hear, but we really are not giving them 100% listening. Listen carefully to what they're not saying sometimes. Not, it's not just everything that they say you're listening to, but what is being avoided and what is not being said. Sometimes too, if you want the child to open up in terms of disturbing content he or she might have stumbled on while doing a piece of research, you may have to share some of your embarrassing moments too, in the same way I shared one of mine. And so when you tell them about some of the things that make you uncomfortable, they may be more inclined, more willing to share with you about some of the encounters they might have had on social media or elsewhere in the worldwide space, web space. Um, they may be more inclined to share with you because they recognize that you're human after all and you have um, had your fair share of mistakes and have stumbled on inappropriate content sometime in your lifetime. And that will perhaps uh, help them to open up better. Encourage them to tell you if they see anything unsuitable or anything or any piece of content or any um, video clips or voice notes that maybe have been passed on to them in a chat group or by a friend, a friend that makes them feel uncomfortable. Um, as I said, start by sharing things that make you uncomfortable with them. Check with them about any inappropriate or scary content that they may have come across and reinforce that there's nothing so bad that they can experience that they can't tell you about it. Uh, yeah, I've said that communication is about listening as much as it is about talking. Empower your child to recognize potential threats when it comes in the form of inappropriate content, equip your child with specific steps to take if they come across inappropriate content. For instance, um, shut your iPad, clip it over face down, and speak with your teacher uh, or a responsible adult as soon as possible, if not immediately. When they tell you these experiences, don't panic. Don't show them that you're panicking. Um, irrespective of what they may tell you, because this will cause them to retreat into themselves and to internalize what they have seen or heard and, would, and they may never broach the subject with you again. And no matter how bad it is, you want to know because you want to commence the process of guiding them away from that. And if the content was psychologically damaging, you would not understand that you perhaps will need to take them to the guidance counselors, to some other counselor, to counsel them in getting those images 
out of their minds. The second um, C that I, I want to focus on in terms of mitigating the risk of exposure as you try to manage um, their exposure to online inappropriate content is how you help to build their critical thinking so that they may make informed decision. And it doesn't matter how young the child is, you can help that child to develop an inquisitive and curious mind. And the truth be told, they are born with such inquiring, inquiring minds. And sometimes it's we parents who shut them down by saying, Charlie, you ask too many questions. Tell me not answer that one today. Tell me answer too many questions already. Go to your bed. And, and, and we should, as many of those questions that they ask, and as repeatedly as they ask those questions, try to be patient and accommodating with them. Because what you are doing is encouraging that inquisitive, curious mind that they need for critical thinking. Also, teachers and parents can do this too. Help them to evaluate information that they receive. It can move from a child coming home and telling you, Molly, my friend said um, that um, divorced parents are uh, at norm, the, um, that, 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 that's the norm, and, and, and divorced parents, uh, when parents divorce, it means they don't love the children again. And they will come and they tell you, um, so-and-so say that. You, 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 you should encourage that kind of discussion by examining the source. Um, it, uh, is your friend an adult? Um, how would your friend know that? Where did your friend get that information from? So you start by showing them that not everything that somebody says is gospel or it's, uh, or is it factual? Can, can your friend verify that? And you move them from there to where you can give them little pieces of information or give them little research on the particular topic at their level. What you're trying to do there is to help them to evaluate information. When they can evaluate information on the basis of source credibility, on the basis of the messenger, in other words, from whom, uh, who they get the message from, when they can evaluate it on the, on the basis of, 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 of um, whether it, can, it is verifiable, whether it's a verifiable fact, or it is somebody's opinion, and, and if it is somebody's opinion, did the person give evidence to support that um, opinion. When they can do that kind of evaluation, you are also helping them to be able to sift information on the internet. And that will also help them to discern what is appropriate, what is credible, what is unsuitable, what is suitable, and what is not credible, and what is inappropriate. You are helping them to develop critical thinking skills which they need to be able to make the kind of decisions 
that will steer them away from wanting to pursue further an image that they had a glance on, that you shut it down, but they, 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 they saw a glimpse of it and want to pursue it further, or to dismiss um, pornographic content that may be passed around by their parents, um, because they understand that that's inappropriate, and they were not brought up in a context in which they, they are expected to take, assimilate, and pass around inappropriate content. Also important to teach them how to solve problems, and you start by helping them to solve simple problems. And after a while, um, that evolved into them solving more difficult problems. The other C that is very important in mitigating risks in, um, to exposure is what I call collaborate. I didn't move that. Collaborate to create a positive cyber culture at home and at school. And I, I want to share another little story with you. When my son was about nine months old, getting into a year, I brought him to live with me somewhere in the Mona area because I had just started studying. And um, I was sharing a house with three other colleagues. And uh, when he joined us and started talking, we took a decision that there were some things we were not going to be doing around him, some things we would not say around him. And um, I threw in this one, I asked that they minimize the Creole speaking around my son because I want him to acquire the English language as his first language. So we build the kind of culture that inculcate or help him to develop a value system that was strong. And we build the kind of culture that gave him a strong sense of self and belonging um, through the kind of love and, and the, the, the kind of participatory approach that we used in nurturing him. So he was not just my child, but he belonged to all four of us. And we recall the day he went to spend a, a holiday in the country. <laughs> when he came back, we couldn't take him on campus. Uh, I, I just couldn't understand how a child in a month learned so much Creole, and I mean raw chalk Creole. And the truth be told that um, the, 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 the environment in which he had gone to spend a holiday was a bad word, cussing environment. Because my stepfather, you, um, used to use them colorful ones there. And so when he came back again, we had to consortedly immerse him, baptize him in the positive um, culture that we had built around him. It didn't take him long before he got sucked into that. And I think if parents make that consorted effort, that this is how I'm going to be behaving. This is how I'm, um, we, I will be speaking around. These are the conversations we'll be having in here and we will minimize the tension and the conflict between us and surround the child with a kind of love and compassion that will give him a strong sense of, of self-confidence so that he would not be easily sucked into any kind of peer pressure or any other kind of subculture. That kind of upbringing 
creating that kind of positive culture will also extend itself into how they behave on the internet uh, or in cyberspace, if you want to call it that, and what they will want to look at and what kind of conversations they would want to participate in on social media. And if you extend that collaboration with the school, you will re realize that in collaborating with the school, you are able to build around your child the kind of positive cyber culture that will help them, unless they stumble on it, that will steer them away from inappropriate content. And even when they stumble on it, they will know how to move away quickly from it. That should also include when you buy them the smart devices, that you have some kind of home-based acceptable use agreement. You will be using the device between these periods when you're at home, and I'm going to be putting some controls on it, and I don't expect you, the day I find you surfing on a, a porn site is the day I am going to remove your privilege from accessing that device. So you have to set some rules and set some expectations. Just don't buy them the smartphone. Just don't buy them the, the tablet and the tablet and just leave them to their own devices. So, so that's where that term came from. Just, just leave them to their own devices without setting some parameters, setting some conditionalities, and setting some ground rules about how and when they can use uh, those devices. And the last, well, the, that, that, the third one leads me into uh, the last one. Take control of the situation, take control of your children and implement the kind of controls that will ensure that they are not exposed to too much inappropriate or yes, to too much inappropriate content. Uh, in, in doing so, there are different types of um, controls that um, you can use. You can use what we call an internet filter. And it is a software that restricts or controls the content on the internet um, so that the children can't access it. And that is important if you actually have a smart television at home or which they can hook up their smartphone and, and watch from there. These can be downloaded for free or you can purchase them from a retailer. Well, if they are available for free, then I don't see why you need to purchase. Remember, however, that sometimes filters fail and they can be bypassed, especially by the techie savvy child. So make sure that your filter works very well. I have listed through, uh, I've listed two of the, the ones that you can Google and get them for free. BT's free parental control, and if you Google that, it will give you checklists. It allows you to choose um, um, from three levels of filters to block your um, um, block content that you want to um, to block, and it and, and and it works on any internet-able devices. It can work on desktop computers. 
It works in the game on game consoles and it works on smartphones as well. Um, the other Internet Matters dedicated parental controls page. You go on that page, it will um, give you a lot of information and steps in how you can trace your child's history, trace the history of, of, of browsing on your child's device, as well as how you can block content on your child's device. And I can hear you saying that is if I can get access um, to the device. That is the reality that we face. So it provides a checklist on how you can set up the device before you give it to the child and how you can activate internet controls. On the smart TVs, the laptop, the PCs, search engines that they will use, mobile networks, and social media. The, the third one is a paid site. It comes with a manual. and It offers a more, a more comprehensive advice on more detailed exploration of inappropriate content that you, if you're interested in purchasing, you can purchase. You can Google Deco Internet Safety Guide and uh, purchase it at um, www.kickstarter.com. You can also block, you can also block content on individual services for younger children. My thing is ticking. Uh, YouTube, for instance, carries a dedicated kids app called YouTube Kids. And that only features child-friendly content, but you can still block videos and channels uh, on YouTube. And how do you do that? You, you um, sign into the app and go to the home screen. You click on the icon more. The icon there sometimes has the word more, but sometimes the word more is not there. What is there is what we call an ellipsis. It's simply three dots, three horizontal dots. On some sites, the, the three dots are vertical, but in on most sites, they are horizontal. And that means more. So you click on that, and you click on it next to the video that you want to block. Then you click on the word block this video. Enter the numbers written on the screen or enter your pass code and consider that site blocked. The thing about block sites is that the children can also unblock them. It's the, it really is the um, reality. You can also block um, content on um, Google. Google has an option called Safe Search that omits adult content from search results. So if your child is doing, child is doing uh, research and you put on the safe search on your on the laptop that the child's using or on the PC at home, then the child can only um, go to some site and not be able to go to what um, www calls uh, adult content. To set it up, you go to google.com and search, just, just 
type in anything, um, just as a trial search, then on the results page, just under the um, search bar, select settings, uh, click the search settings, tick the box at the top marked turn on safe search, and um, the safe search is then turned on. You can also lock safe search so that other users of the same device can't disable it. So Google has that um, added feature where you can lock it and even the children. And, uh, uh, and as long as they are not expert computer hackers, and some of them may be, they can't unlock the safe search. You can also block content on Facebook, but you can only block the content on your page and on public pages. Unless you have access to their passwords, you're not able to block any content on their page. But you can minimize the risks by blocking content on your account and, and on any shared devices that that's that at home it's possible to hide posts on facebook to do so click the three dots again the ellipses um uh, that appear in the top right hand of the post and click hide post uh sometimes there's content on facebook that violates the community standards and you can report that and it gives you an option to gives you an option to make the report. Uh, you can block content on Twitter as well. You tap the down arrow icon at the top of a tweet and you'll be given various options for dealing with the inappropriate content. You do so accordingly. You can also um, unfollow, click on the unfollow and they won't be able to follow certain tweets from certain accounts. You can also send a report which suggests, I don't like this tweet, and it tells Twitter that there's something um, wrong with the content. They, they ask you questions about the content, and you can answer accordingly, giving reasons for um, blocking or for wanting the, the content removed from Facebook. There's something that many parents don't know. Um, we don't see them so often now, but I remember a period, and P.S. Rasta Allen would know about this period too, when quite a lot of um, video clips would come on YouTube with children, fighting children up to all kinds of mischief, children having sex, yes. And, um, they would go viral and you know what going viral means it's gone all over the place to um, all and sundry and as a parent or as a teacher even um, we in the ministry we could um, um, write to youtube and use the argument that the their platform carries content of uh, minors um, inappropriate minors involving in inappropriate activities and ask them to remove. So um, some people feel that those, once they go viral, they can't be removed, but they can be removed. And, and when YouTube removes them, 
even if you had the link before, when you click on it, all that comes up is private. And so you may have had access to it initially, but if you attempt to pass the link on again, it becomes a dead link after it has been removed. So if your children or anybody else's children, you see them in any kind of compromising, questionable situation in a video on YouTube, you can take the initiative as well to write to them to say, these are my And as a result of that, they, those kinds of activities in which they're engaged but not to be um, on YouTube. So um, they'll be asked to remove and they would consent in removing. A lot of persons don't know that that can be done. Instagram is also another popular social media. This one takes photographs only and children, are, uh, children like to post very, questionable photographs of themselves. There I have seen photographs of children in uniforms, um, girls kissing girls, embarrassingly so. I remember one of them came from my school. Thankfully, we could see the face fully. So by the time we called the school, the school had already um, written to the um, owners and asked them to remove the, the photograph, but then we were able to deal with the, the children as well. Not to expel them or anything, but send them to the guidance counselor to have that kind of talk in which they understand um, that what they were doing was inappropriate and um, continue guiding them. We never expel those children. Um, sometimes that's not the best. The best um, way to deal with it is really not to beat up on them, try to kick them out of schools and all the other things that we do but really to give them the kind of guidance and counseling to help them again to think critically and to have that open and honest communication with them, which will help them develop that strong sense of self and that power of choice that will not um, see them succumbing again to peer pressure. Uh, so if someone is harassing your child by repeatedly tagging them in, inappropriate photos or photos that you don't approve or the children don't approve. You can head to what's called the offering profile on Instagram and you can click, click on the memo, the menu icon. It's again the three dots that we refer to as the ellipsis. And in the top right, you can click block user and you block that user from posting or harassing are tagging your child in any kind of um, indecent photo. Snapchat is the last one and the simplest way to restrict what kind of content your, your child will see on Snapchat is to limit the number of persons who can contact them. You can do that for the younger children, but the, the teens not going to allow you access to their devices to be able to do that. The top the settings menu looks like a cog, again a wave, and top who can contact me. And then you click on my friends or you limit it to, to you can pull from the, the, the menu of friends and limit it to those whom you think are friends that your children should be around. 
Yeah, I think that is um, the last of my slide. I, I, I want to say that you can do all of that and the children still encounter inappropriate content. They may not go deliberately looking for it, but they may, um, for whatever reason, stumble on it. They may be upgrading an app on their smartphone like I was doing, and these kinds of, of, of questionable images pop up on them. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to discuss that with you. Hopefully, you'd find out some way and have that kind of discussion with them about it. After you've done everything that you can, the rest, as they say, is up to prayer and God. We hope that you can build the kind of culture around them that empower them to make informed choices and not succumb to what is popular. We hope that you can help them to discern between right and wrong so that they will not yield to just what is popular. And the children who do that very well are those who have developed a strong sense of self, independent thinking, and don't need to, need to belong to, to any kind of social group or any kind of peer group. I sincerely hope that this may have been of some value to you. And I think I am ending at this point. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Thank you to Ms. Campbell. Thanks so much for being with us. I think one of the key takeaways that I took from this presentation is the importance of having a healthy relationship with your children where they feel comfortable enough to open up to you with any issues that they might be facing. And to the one where you mentioned that parents need to take the time to listen and not shrug them off sometimes to say, oh, you're talking too much, or oh, we talk about that already. So those are two key takeaways that I took. I'm seeing in the comments where persons are mentioning that they were pleased to and seeing some very well done and informative presentations. So thanks again. And we are now opening up the floor for questions that members who have joined us might have. Are there any questions? You can use the mic or type them in the comments and I will post them to Ms. Campbell for you.
black star up in the sky From that mountain peak up high Hey, I made it mm, I'm the world's greatest And I'm that little bitch